This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. And good afternoon, everyone. Well, as my listeners only too well know, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians still have a very profound understanding of the immediate impact of the fishery on coastal communities. This is 30 years since the cod moratorium was first declared and forever changed the province and entire way of life for that matter. The closure of the commercial cod fishery shut down plants, threw hundreds of thousands of people out of work just like that. Tens of thousands of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians upped stakes and left the province through the 1990s, and those who stayed adapted to the persecution of other fisheries, including the lucrative crab fishery. Well, the moratorium occurred despite years of questions and concerns that had been raised about cod stocks and the science that was showing the trouble once the plentiful, that the once plentiful stocks were in. Decision makers, for some reason, ignored the science and the observations of harvesters until there was no other alternative but to declare a moratorium. Well, some 180 people are gathering in St. John's next week to discuss small-scale fisheries and ocean sustainability. The fourth World Small-Scale Fisheries Congress is focused on getting it right. My guest today is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with too big to ignore a global partnership for small scale fisheries research hello hi there thank you for having me on well and welcome uh to the show and the 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 timing of this conference of course is is uh rather poignant Uh, 30 years of course since the uh cod moratorium was declared on july 2nd of 1992 so what's your involvement with this conference Well, I'm the co-chair of the International Organizing Committee, and I've been working with another co-chair, Dr. Paul Foley, and of course our chair, Dr. Ratanachan Pegdi, to put on a great three days of interaction among a, a bunch of different folks, including fish harvesters, community leaders, government NGOs, and of course, academics, including social scientists and humanists. So what's prompted this gathering in particular and, and here in St. John's? Well, as you said, it, it, it's, really, it's really about timing. This year is also uh, uh, the International Year of Artisanal Fisheries and Aquaculture. So, so many things happening right now are drawing our attention to those small boat harvesters and, and the communities that depend on them. And what a better place, as you so eloquently set up, to talk about these issues than St. John's and, and more broadly Newfoundland and Labrador. And the timing, of course, is is poignant. 30 years following the cod moratorium, and arguably there are some parts of the province that still have yet to recover from that devastating impact. Well, yes, and that's why this is a, a, a different kind of conference. You know, m- many of these conferences are, are scientists speaking to other scientists, and instead, we really are keen to hear directly from from people living in Newfoundland and Labrador, also working, but also including um, uh, social scientists and humanists who deal in in the language and, and concepts of, of of experience and stories, uh, in particular related to the changes that you described. 
Well, I want to get into this a little bit further when we come back after the break. Sure. My guest today on On Target is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research. It's taking place in St. John's next week. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. My guest today is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research, and they're hosting the fourth World Small-Scale Fisheries Congress in St. John's this, uh, next week. Why Newfoundland and Labrador? Um, well, I think it's a perfect setting to do this. First of all, we have uh, Too Big to Ignore uh, is based uh, out of uh, Memorial University as well as um, uh, an important research module called the Ocean Frontier Institute Module I, informing governance responses to change. And we're drawing some inspiration from uh, this this OFI Module I in terms of uh, incorporating the theme of getting it right. So a lot of uh, stars aligned to have it here, uh, but it's the perfect setting. And so you just mentioned getting it right. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. Why why has it been termed that way? Well, it's because we want to be bold. We feel like there is an urgent opportunity for something new. Uh, in, in other words, getting it right is really about getting the next steps right for uh, 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 communities, policy, and and uh, research, of course. And so that, that's why we're, we're doing something a little different with this kind of bold language. But the roster of folks that we have speaking and interacting over these three days, I think, allows us to share, share that and, and to really come up with something great. So we're well aware, of course, of some of those push and pull factors when it comes to the fishery and when science provides the information, but the decisions are made by politicians who usually have a number of additional factors to consider. So how do we move away from that kind of a cyclical or some might say fundamental problem? Well, this is a, a, a we think of this as a kind of governance and, and decision-making issue, and that's certainly the type of topic that will be under discussion uh, during the Congress. And what better way to do that than to have uh, folks from DFO with folks uh, from communities as well as social scientists and, and other and other types of scientists to, to come together and, and talk through not only what kind of changes are happening in the fishery, but also what we can do about them in terms of uh, policy decision-making and, and the broader kind of landscape w- within which that those decisions are made. So we're really trying to, with this idea of getting it right, foster new visions for some of the themes that, that are going on at the Congress, including adaptation, aquaculture, small conservation the blue economy and of course the future well the future indeed um, because the fisheries are very lucrative uh, they ha- always have been it's what's sustained uh, the the biggest part of the population here in Newfoundland and Labrador for five centuries hard to imagine and when money and a lot of money in in many cases is involved does that complicate some of the decision-making uh, process well, I, I, I don't work for DFO, so I'm hesitant to talk about how they make decisions. But I will say this. 
is that at, at this Congress, we are uh, the, the finances and, and uh, economics of, of the fishery are certainly important. But we also draw attention to the bigger uh, implications for fisheries in, the, in this province. So I live in Petty Harbour, and this past beautiful weekend, I looked out my window and saw fish harvesters coming in and out of the harbour, processors pulling into work, the wonderful organization Fishing for Success taking youth out on adventures to learn about fishing. And, of course, tourists walking around the harbor, going to the restaurant, eating fish, or the new general store. And you can find these kind of activities all around the bays around the province. Without the fisheries in this province, all of this might be lost. So all of this sits on the backbones of owner-operated fisheries, in particular those small boat harvesters who continue to contribute to not only the economics, but the cultural, social, and, and political well-being of this place. So you're talking about small boat harvesters, and I think when you say that, some people might have that ro- romantic notion of, of pop rowing out and handlining yeah. and rowing back. Uh, but we're actually talking small enterprises, are we? Or, or what exactly are you referencing when you say small boat harvesters? Well, there's two things to, to consider. The first is that we're really uh, keen to think about those small boat harvesters that, you know, the 40 feet and under, but also we're, we're talking about bigger uh, issues of fisheries and ocean sustainability, and those 64-foot boats and beyond are, are also important parts of that. So how can they all coexist together while making sure that the communities here benefit the most from what's happening on the water? Those are the kinds of ways we're situating small-scale fisheries in the context of broader coastal and marine systems that are so vital for uh, this province. I know uh, the FFAW has for a long time now been pushing the idea of uh, owner-operator run type of fisheries rather than sort of a more corporate fishery. Is that what you're talking about, this more of an owner-operator type of uh, run enterprise? Well, the tricky thing about the concept of small-scale fisheries is that they look different in, in, in uh, different countries, and we're learning across Canada. So we're trying to build a network uh, called Small-Scale Fisheries in Canada, or SSF Can, where we can learn a little bit about the different ways small-scale fisheries are, are um, put together. And certainly one key quality that they share is who owns because who owns also implies who who benefits from and where does where does those uh, benefits and impacts go so these are all really big questions that we're going to be talking about next week for sure, and I know you don't want to give too much away. <laughs> um, uh, but you, I'm happy to chat with you. <laughs> but. Um, uh, what role does science play in all of this? Because we're talking about the small-scale fisher, uh, fish harvester on one side, and we're talking about um, having a good understanding of the environment. And a lot of people say the observations made by fish harvesters are absolutely key in, in helping these things out. But sometimes the observations that they make are very narrow. It's, you know, where, where you happen to be fishing at that particular time or what you're hearing other people who are fishing in another area are saying. The science has a much broader um, sort of a picture. So how important is science in, in ensuring a lucrative fishery for, for small-scale harvesters? Well, science is critical, and certainly there are different types of science uh, and, and different approaches and different goals 
what I would like to highlight here is that there's going to be a lot of interaction among these scientists and a really big space for social scientists who tend to support and try to understand the experiences and knowledge and practices of, of small boat harvesters and try to make good use of that information by thinking about how decision-making and policy can better account better account for that. I do believe that uh, you know, you've got uh, small boat harvesters and, and other inshore fishers that are managing different licenses, seeing lots of different interactions, and so they might have, a, they might indeed have a broad and integrated view to contribute to conversations too. So you mentioned the social scientists and social science yeah. as as a as a part of this uh, kind of a holistic approach, I would imagine. Uh, you mentioned humanists specifically. So what kind of a role do they play? What what exactly is a humanist, and and what kind of things are they involved in? Well, humanists work in the humanities, which is a label for a number of different research areas. You can think of things like the classics, which may or may not be so relevant to fisheries and ocean sustainability, but also historians and philosophers, which have direct bearing on understanding some of those big questions and long, long histories that you mentioned earlier before. So they indeed have a critical role but perhaps, along with some other social scientists, uh, don't necessarily get the space to be able to contribute in the way that we need them to. So that's why this Congress is special. In addition, that we have wonderful natural scientists and uh, interdisciplinary researchers coming from Memorial, including the Marine Institute and the Grenfell campus, too. So it's, it's as you said, a holistic uh, interaction. And I want to ask you about some of those guests, because I understand some of them are being brought in, some of them are here. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about that when we come back after the break. My guest today on On Target is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research at MUN, and they're hosting the fourth World Small-Scale Fisheries Congress in St. John's next week. We'll be back right after this. You're busy, but you'll never be uninformed. Get up to date on the way home. The Drive on your VOCM. And we're back. My guest today is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research. And they're hosting the fourth World Small-Scale Fisheries Congress in St. John's next week, 500 years after the abundance of the Grand Banks first caught the world's attention and 30 years after the Cod Moratorium, which, as we all know, has had devastating impacts on Newfoundland and Labrador, from which, arguably, um, a lot of us are still trying to recover. So tell us a little bit about some of your guests, Evan? Well, we have such a range of, of guests involved in both our plenary sessions, of which there are seven, and our parallel sessions. So we have people coming from, of course, the province as well as across Atlantic Canada. We have guests coming uh, from across Canada all the way from, from BC and, and colleagues coming from the United States and across the pond. So it's, it's going to be a, a wonderful group of people. And I recognize some of these names. I've had some of them on the show, as a matter of fact. You might be aware of that. Uh, so um, yes. anyone stand out? You can tell us a little bit about them and what their um, their focus is? Sure. Well, 
first, I want to say that, that, as I mentioned, we do have fish harvesters and, and community members and leaders coming. So we have, you know, people like Helen Forsey and Barry Darby who are proposing new fisheries policies, or Erica Porter, a young uh, fisherwoman from uh, Nova Scotia, who's going to tell us about how she wants to get marine conservation right. And on the other hand, we have uh, uh, representatives from FFAW, which I'm sure have been on your show, including Keith Sullivan, Tony Doyle, and, and, and a fantastic uh, scientist, uh, Dr. Aaron Carruthers. Uh, we have folks from, from government participating both in our, our, our plenaries, so from DFO, and talking about how do we get small right and how do we get conservation right. And, of course, we have a roster of, um, of some of the most significant uh, social scientists who work on fisheries and, and ocean issues uh, speaking in our plenary. So we have Dr. Barb Neese, who's going to be talking about getting governance right, um, and uh, many, many uh, others. So tell us a little bit now about uh, Too Big to Ignore, uh, this um, um, project of, of Memorial University. Well, it's a, it's a global project, but the, the project lead is based in um, um, uh, the Department of Geography uh, at Memorial University, Dr. Rathana Chimpagdi. Too Big to Ignore is a wonderful uh, project. So it is a global partnership for small-scale fisheries. It works in developing through holistic frameworks, developing support and understanding of small-scale fisheries around the world. And these five regional congresses that are being hosted by TVTI just gives you a sense of the kind of global scope of the network. It is often referred to as the network of networks. And so, for example, they just had um, the um, regional congress for the Asia-Pacific in Japan. This is the second one that is being hosted here in St. John's, of course. Then we're headed off to Malta for the European Congress. And uh, there'll be one headed, um, hosted in, in um, South America, uh, uh, Southern Latin America, and also in Africa. So this is a really big network that has been working in support of small-scale fisheries around the world, including fostering and, and helping to implement uh, the small-scale fisheries guidelines and international consensus instrument about the key principles for supporting small-scale fisheries. It works on issues such as blue justice, so that is a kind of movement in response to uh, this focus on the blue economy. And so these are the kinds of things that TBTI does, and it does it in a really wonderful and and thoughtful way uh, for small-scale fisheries and the communities that depend on them. Malta, how cool is that? Yeah, <laughs> we're looking forward to that one, too. For sure. You also mentioned Africa, of course, and that brings to mind, uh, you know, are we talking about uh, fisheries solely saltwater or freshwater as well? Well, like, like at this Congress, each of these regional Congresses is about small-scale fisheries broadly. So I, I, I'll talk a little bit about what's happening in St. John's here, just to contextualize this a little bit. So we have folks coming to talk about small-scale fisheries on the Pacific coast, in the Arctic, and of course on the Atlantic coast, and every other aquatic system that 
that has fisheries is likely represented at the Congress. You can think about the Great Lakes or the freshwater inland deltas um, in, in the prairie provinces. So one neat thing about this is that we're not only just focused on fisheries in Newfoundland and Labrador, which are important, but we're trying to also learn from Indigenous and non-Indigenous fisheries uh, located in other places in the country. So it's a really big effort, and it provides opportunities to have new discussions. That's interesting. You're reading my notes because my next question was going to be, what kind of lessons can other jurisdictions provide for Newfoundland and Labrador? Well, we tend to think about uh, uh, fisheries here as, as unique and distinct, which they are. There's also a lot of always discussions about, you know, comparing and learning from places like Iceland. Uh, but there is this untapped resource, which is thinking across Canada about fisheries. What kind of challenges are they facing? What kind of comparisons can we make? And what can we learn from the people who are ultimately dedicating their whole lives, either working in as maybe a fisher or, or supporting through uh, a community leadership or working on as a researcher um, about these kind of fisheries. So that's what's really special about, about this Congress is the kind of diverse lessons that will come out of it. And I know I didn't answer your question, but because I'm waiting to see what will happen when we bring all these people together. For certain, this is this is about generating that conversation. I would imagine and learning. Uh, that's that's the whole uh, area that you're in is listening and learning and applying it in new ways. Uh, are there uh, things that we've learned here that can be applied to other areas as well? I think so. So, in addition to um, working in, in TBTI, we're we're working on this small scale fisheries in Canada network. And as part of it, we, we are soft launching during the Congress an ebook with uh, contributions from community leaders, from uh, 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 entire communities, and of course, uh, researchers who are telling us about their fisheries in, in, in the province or territory in which they are based. And one example for, for um, that's really interesting is about the Pacific fisheries and how there's this movement to try to advocate for owner-operator protections in the context of their uh, ITQ fisheries, which is a very complicated situation. But it just says that um, when we come to talk about fisheries in Atlantic Canada, we're not only trying to learn from, uh, uh, from what's happening here, but we can share those lessons to the West and also to the South. It seems to me as you're talking, you know, and when we talk about the fisheries, and I have been for quite a long time, <laughs> I don't want to get into yeah. that, uh, but um, what we're really talking about is resilience. That's right. Resilience in, for some resistance, for some adaptation, and, and for others just trying to figure out the best path forward to address the values, interests, and needs in, in communities wherever they are. So there's lots of different strategies to deal with change. What we want to do is understand what people want and try to uh, decide, you know, figure out what are the kinds of policies and actions and, and supports we can do to help them live a meaningful life in the way that they want. 
I've had uh, Ratana on the show, and she uh, yes. really provided some uh, interesting insights and a different type of perspective uh, based on her own uh, experiences as well as as her um, um, you know intellectual pursuits in it, in, on the matter. Um, yes. How instrumental was she in in putting this all together? Um, she's she's crucial. She is a, a wonderful, thoughtful leader and and capable of really getting people moving and getting them interacting and, and as you said, seeing things in new ways. So she's the project lead of Too Big to Ignore, the network of networks, and also what is was uh, the, sorry, the co-lead of Ocean Frontier Institute Module I. So she's bringing these big pieces together and, and, and steering us so that we can make sure we have respectful and interesting interactions among all of these people. We mentioned off the top, of course, the timeliness of all of this with the 30th yep. anniversary of the Cod Moratorium, of course, uh, just a week or so away. But uh, is time of the essence in these conversations when we're talking about environmental sustainability, for instance? Certainly. And some of us feel like we're running out of time. So that's, that's why we're talking about this in such boring terms of getting it right. Our final plenary is called getting everything right. Imagine being tasked with thinking about that. But we are a big group, a diverse group, and we're all, I think, committed uh, potentially to doing things differently, or at least thinking about them differently when we go back to our work. And at the end of the Congress, as was done before, we're going to hear from some of these different people about the commitments they're going to make moving into the future. It seems, you know, I don't know, when it, when you think about these things, nothing is static, of course. Things are changing so rapidly. Sure. And, and I think we're at a really important time in human history when things are changing so dramatically fast. Uh, yeah. We have rising fuel prices. We're dealing with climate change that people can see happening before them from one season to the next. Um, uh, and, of course, global conflict, which is having an impact here as well. It had a profound and immediate impact on the um, uh, fish plant in Arnold's Cove for instance. So, I mean, right. how do you take all of these moving, changing factors and, and try to make sense out of it all? Well, I think that's why there's a role for, for scientists of all different types. And it's certainly a role for uh, pointing to the urgency of us to be able to come together and learn how to talk with one another and, and create important space for uh, local voices in those conversations. You know, br bringing in people from DFO and FFAW along with all these other groups to try to sit down and really come up with something interesting. That, that, that's why we're doing this, essentially. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, we can think about these overwhelming kind of global problems, but what can we do here in terms of how those problems are experienced? And, and I argue that small-scale fisheries and, and other fisheries in, in the province are critical to maintaining that resilience, as you said, and also the cultural and, and economic uh, strengths that are there. So there's a beauty in the diverse mosaic of fisheries and industries here. The, the key questions is, how do we get that uh, puzzle right? And what are the next steps for 
uh, science policy and communities within that puzzle. So it's not an easy task, and and certainly uh, it will take everybody's kind of collective thinking. But but I'm, I'm really hopeful uh, for what can be done at this Congress, and I'm also, of course, hopeful for people in this province. Puzzle, and that's a great analogy, isn't it? Because there are so many pieces involved. Yes. And how they fit together is crucial. My guest today on On Target is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research. They're hosting the fourth World Small-Scale Fisheries Congress in St. John's next week. We'll find out a little bit more about the when and where's right after this. Your VOCM Mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays on your VOCM. My guest today is Evan Andrews, Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research um, they're hosting the fourth world small-scale fisheries congress and i guess evan the obvious question that i haven't asked yet is what specifically is a small-scale fishery <laughs> well um it it certainly is a a question that is is open for debate and we know that small-scale fisheries look different and have different uh, qualities where uh, wherever you go, we can think of the small-scale fisheries here in terms of uh, those uh, inshore fisheries. You know, operating 40 feet or less. That's one way to think of it. Another way to think of it is is, is some of the food, social, and ceremonial fisheries you find in, in uh, with in, in indigenous fisheries across Atlantic Canada, or the moderate livelihood fisheries is another way to think of it. And if you go, uh, you know, west, you can find some even smaller boat uh, operators on on uh, some of the freshwater systems. So it does mean different things to different people, which is is part of the challenge. But we're really interested in some of those key qualities and, and, and connections that these fisheries share that may tell us something about what's really important for fisheries in terms of supporting communities. So it's, it's that connection to communities in terms of um, economic benefits flowing through local value chains, so through harvesting, processing, and into sales. It's also the ability for entire families to be involved, which contributes to all sorts of different, uh, both economic, but also you know, social, psychological, and, and cultural benefits in, in communities. So there's lots of different ways to think about it, and it's certainly a question we'll be talking about, but we'll also be looking forward to the future about what kind of fisheries really are, are important that need to be drawn more attention to and better recognized in the context of that puzzle we were talking about. For sure. When and where is the Congress? All right. So it is being hosted at the Delta primarily next week uh, from Monday to Wednesday. So we will have events going all day. Uh, and there is one uh, event for the public that I would be more than happy to invite your listenership to which is a movie screening happening on uh, Tuesday from 8.30 to 10.30 at the Bruno Center at Memorial University. And they're screening uh, a great movie called Lake Superior, Our Helper, stories from Batuwanak Anishinaabek Fisheries. 
and it's a documentary which follows Chief Dean Sayers as he holds conversations with members of, of the community to reveal more about the cultural, political, and ecological importance of local fisheries and, and their relationships with one another. So it'll be an opportunity to learn about a fishery that perhaps folks here don't don't think a ton about, but also will be a neat opportunity to think about what that means for here and the types of uh, relationships and connections they see with the fisheries. In total, it, it will be a great opportunity for the public to come and tell us what they want to get right. Fascinating, because Lake Superior, of course, has uh, um, taken a few headlines in uh, recent years. Of course, it's a major shipping That's route, right. as we all know. It's absolutely vital to uh, life in North America, but it's vital to the people yes. who uh, live off of it as well. And uh, it's been dealing with invasive species because of some of this tanker stuff. So some fascinating things happening there. Yes, that's right. And and so that's why it becomes an interesting kind of case study to to first of all enjoy a great movie and listen from uh, people that were involved who are going to talk about it, but also maybe reflect on some of those interactions and challenges you're speaking of here and what they look like in the context of Newfoundland and Labrador. For sure. So uh, can the public take in any more of these conversations? Is there a, like an itinerary online or anything like that? Well, uh, the registration has been, uh, is closed for the Congress. However, we do, of course, invite folks to the movie screening. We also invite you to check out um, the Congress website. Uh, and uh, there's op- opportunities and, and uh, therein, excuse me, to talk to us a little bit more directly about what they want to get right. Of course, we are um, very keen to hear from everybody, so we're always happy to to receive an email. Uh, and you can go on the Too Big to Ignore website or the Fourth World Fisheries Congress website and contact us directly. No doubt there's some big ideas, some interesting ideas, some innovative ideas being discussed here. Uh, will any of the results of these conversations or just you know the scope of these conversations be available after the fact? Yes, of course. Thank you for that. So, you know, after this, uh, the, the Congress is over, we'll be quickly trying to uh, ask the presenters and, and organizers to pull together uh, proceedings from the Congress. And of course, this will lead to new uh, e-books and things that are fully accessible for um, the public here. So uh, we, we have lots of plans to try to make good use of this time on, on the other end. Because what is knowledge if it's not passed on? That's correct. Well, Evan, I enjoyed the conversation this afternoon. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, Evan Andrews is Senior Research Fellow with Too Big to Ignore, a global partnership for small-scale fisheries research. They're hosting the Fourth World Small-Scale Fisheries Congress next week in St. John's, and they've got a movie screening uh, for the public, available to the public, uh, 8.30 to uh, 10.30 at the Bruno Centre, you said? That's right. Excellent. So uh, people can go online and find out how to pick up a ticket or go. Is it free? <laughs> it is free. Excellent. So down and, and, and enjoy it. Yes. Well, fabulous. Very question. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, thanks once again for joining us on the show today. And I think it's appropriate to go out with a little song. I wish I was a fisherman. The Water Boys, right here on VOC. Thank you.